Doctor Strange 2018, Issue 9, Review, by Mark Wade and Jesus Says. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. Welcome back, the Supremes. This is Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast, and this is our spoiler-filled discussion of Doctor Strange, issue number nine by Mark Wade and Jesus Sayas. I am one of your hoary hosts, John. And I'm your other hoary host, Derek. I keep forgetting that that's what I'm supposed to be saying. <laughs> we are hoary hosts of Hogarth. Yes, yes, not Hogarth as we always tend to mispronounce it. Uh, yeah, we're a little bit late with our review of this issue, a little bit later than we usually are. As you may hear in the back of our voices, we have been struck down by the cold of wintertime, uh, unfortunately. But the yes. good thing about a cold is that you can read loads of comic books, and there have been some great comic books out over the last couple of weeks. So I've caught right up on everything I needed to read. Yes, the Lurgy is upon us, man flu central over here in Switzerland. Uh, but yes, apologies for the delay with Strange Tales, but we are here coughing and spluttering to bring you Doctor Strange, issue number nine. And yes, our latest episode of Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast, where we cover the books from Doctor Strange, Nick Fury, Spider-Man and the Defenders. So please subscribe to Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast over on our comic book feed. Uh, or you can subscribe to our full feed of TV, movie, and comic book reviews over on our website at DefendersTVPodcast.com. You can subscribe to any good or evil podcast catcher of choice. Uh, all the links are there on our website over at DefendersTVPodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so first, on to a little bit of feedback that we got on the Two Doctors arc from Beware of Geek over on our website at DefendersTVPodcast.com. Yes, who would have thought it? You can leave comments. It's not one of the usual routes that we advertise, uh, but certainly uh, anyone who wants to leave feedback can also leave comments on any of our posts over on our website. So please head on over if that is how you want to send us in some feedback. Absolutely. And this is a bit of spoiler-filled feedback for the Two Doctors arc. It's the last arc, the one that just was covering from 6, 7, and 8 of Doctor Strange uh, about the other person taking on the persona of Doctor Strange. If you're not caught up, if you're listening to these out of order, uh, you might want to skip this bit uh, because this is specifically about how that arc ends, uh, the piece of feedback that we got from Beware of Geek. So I'd skip ahead about a minute, maybe, uh, so we can discuss this bit, John. Yeah, so if you don't want to be spoiled, please uh, skip on ahead. Um Beware of Geek says, I am a long-time Strange fan who is just happy to see him written well. However, here's what bothers me about issue number eight of The Two Doctors arc. At the end of Wade's first mini-series, uh, The Doctor is Out, Casey did indeed lose her soul, but Stephen had it. Mm. Yeah, thank you so much for that bit of feedback, Beware of Geek. Uh, yeah, it throws up an interesting conundrum, really, uh, because... Casey is ultimately saved here in issue eight by, by Doctor Strange and off she trots to go and find her soul. Yeah. And um, yet, as you say, in, um, the doctor is out, uh, the final three panels literally where Doctor Strange is with Larry, he has in his hand a burning soul and they eventually 
head off to go and find her body to reunite her soul with her body. Um, and yet Doctor Strange here in this Mark Wade run in issue eight seemingly has forgotten that. Now we know from the earlier issues that he had lost his memory um, and that Larry, who his companion at the time had died and it was his friend, his partner who gave him back his, his memory ball, as it were, that went back into uh, Dr. Strange's mind to allow him to remember the fact that he had been searching and searching for the physical form of Casey for so long to reunite the soul with the body mm-hmm. that, you know, Larry had wiped his mind. So all this comes back to him, but seemingly it looks as though Dr. Strange may not realize that he himself has Casey's soul in his possession. Yeah, it's like as if he hasn't had that piece of his memory returned. I don't know. It's kind of like when you have one single sock after doing a wash and then you go back to the washing machine and you find the other sock and then you've lost the original sock that you had to match with it you know it's kind of like that so now he's kind of going oh sugar i have that and then she's gone off into the stratosphere and all the all, all across the astral planes looking for her soul when actually i have it in a box back here uh-oh how am i gonna break that to casey <laughs> it's interesting i do wonder yet yeah, whether there is something else that went on it's really interesting to see that as you know john I, I specifically read the doctor is out while reading the two doctors arc for the first time i'd never read it before and i completely forgot that this was the final page of the book this is what spurs strange to go off on this quest to find casey's body is the fact that he actually does have her soul so yeah um so yeah interesting we'll see that i would be very surprised if mark wade has forgotten that last page of the book that he wrote last of dr strange so this could be building up again to something we'll see in issue number 10 but really really good cats beware geek yeah absolutely thank you so much for the feedback beware of geek um it's great to to get those kind of uh, insights because yeah i mean it's something i had forgotten i mean yeah, you need a memory that isn't like a fish, basically, mm. in order to remember all these different panels. But it is clear as day, the last three panels of The Doctor is Out, um, Larry and Doctor Strange head off to go and reunite uh, Casey's soul with her body. Uh, and unfortunately, it does appear as though Doctor Strange is still missing a bit of his old grey matter. So maybe, yeah, he didn't get the full memory it's like Total Recall. He's kind of doing an Arnold Schwarzenegger at the moment. Um, you know, it will gradually come back to him that he actually is the evil emperor who has um, established a, a base on Mars. Maybe, maybe. Um, I think what we saw from the story is that we that there was some time with Larry that we've never had told to us before. So it's possible that this is just something that has gone missing during their battles to try and find Casey. Uh, and I'm sure it's all going to play out in future in this run from Mark Wade. Uh, thanks so much for that feedback. I think we should be getting on to our discussion about this issue of Doctor Strange. Yes, Derek, what are some of the issue details? Issue number nine is called Bleecker, a story focused on Bleecker Street, um, the famous street in Greenwich Village where the Doctor's Sanctum is based. Everybody knows this. If you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly where it's based. Just to mention, one of our fellow defenders, John Hinckley, posted a photo right outside the tattoo shop, which is at 177 Bleecker Street, over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Defenders TV podcast. If you want to see what Bleecker Street actually looks like, pop on over there to our Facebook group. Unfortunately, there is no actual Sanctum there. 
No, it's cloaked by this tattoo <laughs> and a piercing parlor. True. I am absolutely certain, though, that they do a great Eye of Agamotto and a fantastic Seal of Ashanti. Absolutely. I suspect that might be one of their top requests. Possibly. I would say so. I'd say everybody comes down there to see the sanctum. Uh, Along one... with I Love You Mum on Your Knuckles and probably Skull and Crossbones. <laughs> Possibly. How many knuckles do you have? Well, you know, oh, mum or something, dad or whatever. <laughs> something like that. Something That's still like that. three letters each time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but as always, this issue was written by Mark Wade with art and the cover art by Jesus Says, who returns for his work on this issue. This is the first time he's been back since Sorcerer's Supreme of the Galaxy, uh, which was out earlier on this year. Um, this issue came out on Wednesday, the 5th of November, 2018. Yes. Also very important is not to confuse this issue of Doctor Strange Bleaker with the Muppet Beaker, which uh, I was kind of doing as I was uh, sort of looking at the title. <laughs> so, yes. I think you're so used to seeing the full title, 177A Bleaker Street, written uh, all over the place. So when you see just the word in its own, you're kind of going, what's this about? But uh, really enjoyed this issue, actually. Well, let's get into it. John, uh, the summary for this time is not Mark Wade's summary from the opening page, because it was a really short summary. It was about three lines. So I've given you the summary from Comixology. Do you want to read the overall summary from Comixology? Sure. The Doctor is in. Doctor Strange is back on Earth and back in the Sanctum Santorum. But a villain from his past is back, threatening Greenwich Village and the Sanctum in a way Strange has never been threatened before. But a villain from his past is back, threatening Greenwich Village and the Sanctum in a way Strange has never been threatened before. Yes, so uh, the Doctor is in rather than the Doctor is out, mm -hmm. uh, which I, I like. I think that's a nice twist on the Mark Wade thing. It's also to remember that there is only one more issue until issue number 400 when Mark Wade and Jesus Sayers are setting the dominoes up for a huge 400th issue celebration of Doctor Strange comics. Excellent. Are we allowed to have champagne in our podcast booth for that 400th issue? Absolutely. Excellent. I will not be able to pronounce anybody or any characters or any spells within that issue. Let's get into our top five incantations, John. Yes. Incantation number one, Falston Realty, 10 years ago. Yeah, so we head back 10 years where Stephen Strange is told about the possible buyout of Bleecker Street mm -hmm. uh, by a Mr. Matsumo, who is the owner of the local grocery shop in uh, Greenwich Village and on Bleecker Street. Yeah, so this kind of uh, looks like a, a buyout of Bleecker Street in order to put a big hulking mall on top of it. Mm -hmm. um, and they're not really too uh, fussed about this, the locals, because of... I, I think, in fact, Mr. Matsumo is like, he prefers all the, you know, higgledy-piggledy, ye olde type uh buildings at least for new york that bleaker street has yeah and dr strange as well isn't a fan of this buyout mm -hmm. which is being sort of led by falston realty yeah yeah it's interesting isn't it? they want to buy the entire street this feels like a very new type of story for dr strange uh, they actually mentioned it in the uh, synopsis that, that you read kindly john and um, this does feel like something very new to actually look at the other residents of bleaker street and why they want to stay in the area and um, what came out quite recently after the death of stan lee uh, there was a lot of discussion about how he came up with some of the characters and their placement in new york city and why he was such a good creator of comics characters one of the things that was mentioned was he would walk down the streets in New York and kind of go, 
well, this is the place where Peter Parker belongs, this area of town. When he was in Greenwich Village, he felt like there was a magical position here, a place for Doctor Strange. He could see exactly where Bleecker Street and its positioning within the Greenwich Village hippie kind of commune area of New York, as it was at the time. He could see exactly how Doctor Strange could fit in this area. And I love this touch in this issue. I know it's only 10 years ago, which is nowhere near, near hippie era, era of uh, of Greenwich Village, but you can kind of see what they're getting at here with all of the local produce owners and all the local shop owners wanted to keep their community together, along with the local residents in the area wanted to keep their community safe from attacks like this, which are going to bring a shopping mall to the local area. And it sets it up for a, a, a bit later in the comic, and it's one of our later points, you know, it gives that sense of community of where Bleecker Street is, and mm-hmm. in particular 177A Bleecker Street. Because, yeah. I mean, generally you just get that view or that idea that Bleecker Street is this huge mansion on Bleecker Street, with nothing really too much around it. But yes, you have this vibrant community and i think this is a really interesting slant for me is sort of placing the sanctum in its neighborhood uh, and yeah. that's kind of new and it, certainly having done uh the marvel netflix defenders um it's really nice seeing dr strange planted in greenwich in bleaker street in the community of that and to be honest i have to say when i first read this comic it was a surprise to me that they were going down this route. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect this kind of um, slant on his greatest villain, on, on that idea of what we saw um, in issue eight right at the end, where, yes, the person had a bowler hat, they had a, a briefcase, but you were kind of thinking it was from the accounts receivable, like we were discussing. Absolutely. Or it was someone in disguise. Now, it certainly is someone in disguise, as we'll find <laughs> out, but... To begin with, 10 years ago, Windermere Falston, the owner of Falston Realty, wants to buy the street Mm -hmm. to destroy that community. Um, And Strange shows him inside the sanctum so that he effectively can really nail home his refusal to sell 177A Bleecker Street. Uh, And you go into this wonderful look of a demon serving tea upside down uh in the sanctum santorum <laughs> it's just you know he runs away screaming and you think then that everything's resolved yeah and you're wondering where is it going to from here i have to say i really like that moment where you have strange refusing the offer from windermere and when he arrives at the door closing it behind him and Windermere Falstrom puts his foot right inside the door and you just see that little playful moment. Yeah. <laughs> little yeah. playful look across Doctor Strange's face. It's a great moment from, uh, from Jesus says and his artistry really just to get that across where it's kind of going, well, I wasn't going to show you exactly what kind of demons I'm keeping at bay inside this house, but well, you did force my hand. <laughs> Come on inside. Uh, I think we probably should leave this house exactly where it is kind of thing. And then off he sends uh, Windermere, not to be bothered for another five years after that. Yes, incantation number two, the heavies attack. And this is going back five years. So we think everything has been resolved, but then um, another community um, business, the dry cleaners, is blown up Mm. uh, when effectively the owner of the dry cleaners, David Martinez, doesn't sell. And we see here then... Doctor Strange using his powers to save him. And again, it comes back to Falston Realty. 
Yeah, I think this is a really interesting one because I feel like we've not seen Doctor Strange do this type of thing in the comics or in the movies very recently. It's very much he seems to be using his powers all the time to protect people from demons and from um attackers from other dimensions. That is his purpose, obviously, as the Sorcerer Supreme, understandably. But I really like this idea that he walks into the dry cleaners and stops this bomb from killing David Martinez reforms the bomb so he can find the fingerprints on it and gives that to the cops so they can track down who it is that's behind this whole thing. I think that's really cool. It almost feels like, you know, if that Doctor Strange series back in the 70s that we were covering, the the one that we reviewed, it feels like if that had become reality, if that had been the TV series that was going alongside Amazing Spider-Man and the Incredible Hulk, you would have seen Doctor Strange using his powers like this as kind of detective of the neighborhood of Greenwich, you know? No, absolutely. I think it it really does feel Defenders-esque. It Mm. feels like Jessica, Daredevil, Luke and Iron Fist in their communities. And it feels like they're putting uh, Doctor Strange back in uh, to his community. He's defending his community from outside dangers rather than defending Earth from outside magical yeah. dangers. And I, it, it's kind of a nice change in scale for, for Doctor Strange, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we find is Falson Realty has been purchased by Eldrican Consolidated. And again, they're after Bleecker Street, seemingly to put on um, and build over it and, and to move forward with these shopping mall plans mm-hmm. um despite the warnings of windermere falston but again they are repelled here uh by the community no one really seemingly wants to sell mm-hmm. yeah once again the work of dr strange seems to push them back the fact that he has recreated this bomb found out who it was that was involved and that leads them back to eldritch and consolidated something like that it feels like eldritch it feels like you know the eldritch ones that you have in harry potter seems something really mystical really fantastical in the past you know well yeah no it does it really does feel otherworldly um even falston realty who are these organizations mm. behind um, the need to destroy Bleecker Street? Mm-hmm. But that does seem to push them away for a couple of years onto our incantation number three. We have the Greenwich Bulletin accusing Stephen Strange of Satanism two years ago. Oh, fake news. Where have you been from our comic books? We haven't seen you for a while. Yeah, a little bit of fake news. Although maybe there's a little bit of justification in it. I mean, at the end of the day... Weird and wonderful, magical, mystical. He hangs around with Brother Voodoo. All I'm saying is that I could see that some little puritanical kind of person would kind of go, Satan, Satan. But that would be incorrect. Remember the last time we dealt with Satanists in these books was back at our coverage of Soldier Supreme. That is true. The combined Doctor Strange and Steve Rogers characters who went up against Satanists who recalled them from a distant realm, not from... Uh, hell. So, uh, so he's not a Satanist, no, but he's definitely it's a not great a way to target him, though. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love the fact that they go after him in this way because that's what I mean. It is understandable to the wider world, the fake news, the, the lies, the accusation against and targeted, uh, against Stephen. And, you know, it, it, cause it brings the community together asking questions of Stephen Strange. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's a really good moment in, in here where you see that, you know, Stephen's kind of calling everybody together, kind of going, you know, all the people that he's, that he's saved over the years, saying to them, you don't really believe this stuff, do you? Um, do you really care what they're saying about you? We can deal with this. We deal with everything together. And they're kind of going, but they're not after you. They're after us now, Stephen. You know, just to kind of show if something gets into the press, if something gets out there uh, in social media and social areas, then suddenly it's not just about him. It's about the people that protect him. And finally, Stephen may have to actually do something here. Definitely. I, I love the fact that when the community are together saying, you know, are any of these rumors true? That in the end, he doesn't say yes. He doesn't answer them directly, but indirectly, there's people in that group going, well, I've seen some pretty funky stuff mm -hmm. coming out of Bleecker Street. I think one of them mentions seeing the Hulk leave Bleecker Street. Uh, and that's not even in his top 10. Yeah, and that's not even in his <laughs> top 10. So people kind of, you know, know Stephen doesn't really have a secret here because it's a close-knit community. And, and I think that's, again, it, it, it's that idea of neighbors sharing stories, uh, keeping a watchful eye um, on their their neighbors and friends mm -hmm. within the community. So uh, really nice. Like that is when good neighbors become good friends, really, isn't it? When they protect your Satanism in, uh, inside your house. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <You're> going... <laughs> he does say to them that now that you know a bit more of what I'm involved in, are we still good kind of thing. You know, he does say that to them. He does have that moment with them. And then he realizes he doesn't finish the sentence because he realizes the newspaper is owned by Eldritch and Consolidated as well. So once again, they are behind this whole concept of taking out Stephen Strange. I do love the fact that when he goes to Eldritch and Consolidated to effectively tell them to retract their accusations, mm -hmm. He does take along a pretty funky demon lawyer uh, in a suit. Absolutely. Uh, and they win. Uh, absolutely. We get the full full front cover of the We Were Wrong, something you never see on newspapers at all anymore. <laughs> yeah. A full page of Doctor Strange where they're saying absolutely categorically denying everything that they've said in the past. Usually a retraction, if anybody still reads newspapers, usually a retraction is something saved for about the 10th or 15th page of a, uh, of a newspaper, regardless of how big the error was in the, uh, in the actual original article. So well done. It would be nice to see that happen in real life occasionally. Let's get on to incantation number four before we get political. Um, why won't Stephen leave Bleecker Street? It's a really important question, I think, because I think there's this moment that we find out why it is that these people have been after him for now a decade. Why is it that they want Bleecker Street? We see the CEO of Aldrichian arrives and effectively tells Stephen that the reason they wanted it because he's kind of guarding a gate to hell, or he must be. Why else would Dr. Stephen Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, live on this little street of Greenwich Village in Bleecker Street? Why else would he be there if he wasn't guarding a gateway to hell? <laughs> yeah, a bit you know, like Buffy. A bit like Buffy in the hell mouth in, in Sunnydale. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, no, Stephen says. No, that's not the reason. I think this is the one of the best parts of, of this issue, actually. The, his explanation is that, you know, there is no gate or anything else that he's guarding at that site. Yes, he guards Earth against mystical and magical uh, threats. But ultimately, in, in relation to the neighborhood, it's because uh, the neighborhood is a wonderful neighborhood full of joy and life. It is quirky and it is charming. And good families have built their lives here that I will not let you destroy. Because obviously, this CEO, of course he is, is a demon. Which, I must say, I love how he peels back his face and kind of 
goes more serpent-like with legs. It kind of looks slightly like a predator, a, real, mm-hmm. a really weird hybrid or uh, cross between a horse, a snake, a jacket potato, <laughs> and um, the predator, to be honest. Nice. Um, but, I, you know, and, and Stephen is, no, it's not because I'm guarding anything here. Um, yes, there's a lot of uh, fab ma- magical stuff here in Bleecker Street, but it's because I enjoy living in this neighborhood uh, and it's a great place to live and there's great people that live here. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really interesting that they're uh, bringing Doctor Strange here back to uh, the community, for sure. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it? it? It does feel like it's kind of lying and resting on that original concept of Stanley, that original concept of those heroes of New York living on the streets they're supposed to live on because of the type of people that they are. I think that's a lovely idea. I really, really like it. But then we find, yes, we have Stephen confirming that it's not the house. It's not the house. That doesn't matter. The house can go anywhere. And then he clicks his fingers and off we go back into space again as he sends the CEO off onto a planet that he can gentrify to his heart's content because there's nothing else there. Nice little gag from Stephen there. But unfortunately, this demon... Uh, isn't really able to deal with the cold of outer mm-hmm. space or the vacuum of outer space or much of anything else of outer space. So uh, it dies quite quickly, I think. Uh, I think so. I think so. <laughs> uh, there goes the CEO of Eldrican uh, Consolidated. Yeah, and that is another enemy dispatched. Uh, just one thing I wanted to mention here. Um, the movie version of Bleecker Street, the reason that the Sanctum Sanctorum is based at 177A, I think they explained in the movie as it being a centre of ley lines, uh, really powerful ley lines. There's three locations around the world where they can have these uh, intersections of ley lines which are the uh, closest to the other realms or the weak points for the other realms and have to be guarded by a guardian known as the Sorcerer Supreme or yeah. one of the Sorcerer Supreme. Yeah, so I, in the movie, it's the London uh, Sanctum and the Hong Kong Sanctum are the other ones that are protected by followers of the Ancient One uh, in uh, those sanctums. Yes, and of yes. course, only one of them is a Sorcerer Supreme, and that is passed to Doctor Strange. I just wanted to mention that because that's the last time we really probably talked about the location of 177A Bleecker Street as to why it's there. I think the last time we spoke about it was the movies, because it's not talked about very often. But nice again to bring a bit of character to Bleecker Street. Absolutely. And I think the interesting thing as well is that the CEO of Elgin Consolidated, you know, whilst he may have been wrong about the sanctum guarding a gate to hell, there is certainly a lot of cupboards that go to different realms <laughs> in, in the Sanctum Santorum. But as Stephen Strange says, is that, you know, it, it's like a, it, it's like a mobile home. So those gateways to those realms move with him. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, uh, no hellhole or hellmouth, but a lot of magical realm mouths <laughs> exactly exactly john let's get out to our final incantation the epilogue because i had guessed last issue that we'd be seeing the return of wong in this issue never once did i guess what we would be getting and who would be returning for our 400th issue of dr strange but isn't it kind of cool we have dr strange kind of passed out asleep on his chair after a long hard day fighting off demons and in walks the Ancient One. Yeah, this was a real surprise, actually. <laughs> um, and I kind of really liked it. You know, we, we see um, him 
yeah, snoozing, fast asleep in the chair. And he has these memory lapses where at different times in his life where the Ancient One has been, um, you know, important in Stephen Strange's life. Mm -hmm. You know, their first meeting, uh, the end of Stephen's training, you know, and each time there's a little snippet of that relationship between the Ancient One and Stephen Strange. You know, their first meeting, it's, I can't give you what you want, but study with me, you know, like from the movie. Um, the, you know, with the end of Stephen's training with the Ancient One, uh, the Ancient One goes, use your strengths well, mankind will need you. Mm -hmm. And then the Ancient One becomes one with the universe and says goodbye to Stephen because he's in pursuit of further teachings and new lessons, uh, which is kind of an interesting little twist um, and departure from the Ancient One being struck down by Baron Mordo from um, his effectively his origin tale uh, in in a sense of how he becomes Sorcerer Supreme. Yes, that title is kind of given to Stephen by the Ancient One, but this causes Mordo, um, who is effectively jealous of Stephen Strange, to look for revenge. And part of that is striking down the Ancient One and allying with uh, Dormammu. Mm -hmm. So this was kind of interesting, actually. It felt like a little bit of a departure or, you know, uh, a, a different take on the Ancient One moving out of, um, you know, Stephen's sphere of influence or, or relationships. Yeah. It's almost like the Ancient One becomes one of the Watchers, uh, where mm. they become one with the universe in order to observe. And, you know, that the Ancient One then says goodbye to Stephen because of this pursuit of further teachings and new lessons. Um, but finally then returns, the Ancient One arrives back at Bleecker Street as he needs Stephen's help and asks for his guidance as a master. So yeah. this is definitely a Ben Kenobi, uh, Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader moment. Maybe less good and evil, but I am now the master. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that at all. I just kind of liked the way this flowed. I love that it was from their first meeting where he was the instructor. Then Stephen's training finishes. And as the Ancient One goes off and joins the universe, Stephen's pleading with him to teach him more, teach him all the secrets that he's going to be learning, come back to me kind of thing. And the Ancient One goes, no. And now he's arrived back going, I'm still not your master. I'm still not going to teach you any more secrets, Stephen. I need your help. You're the one that's the master. You're the one that's the Sorcerer Supreme. That's the title you have. I'm not taking it back off you. I need to learn from you. I need your guidance as the master. So a really interesting setup for our 400th issue. Yeah, definitely. And I know there's been loads of stories over the course of these uh, of the arcs that we've read and haven't read with Stephen Strange in there. I'm sure there is that story of the Ancient One becoming one with the universe is out there somewhere. I haven't actually read it, unfortunately. I was looking for it while we were putting together the notes for this issue. Uh, hopefully I'll find it before uh, issue 400 um, coming up next month. I mean, there's definitely those tales with uh, Doctor Strange and the Ancient One. Absolutely. You know, it's normally that the Ancient One has never really died as such. They've moved mm. off. A bit like in the movie where the Ancient One um, kind of fades right. into the universe right. in, in that sense. When you strike me down, I'll yeah, become more a, a, powerful. A bit like that, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's a little Star Wars kind of 
aspect to this, I think. Of course. Um, so they were, yeah. they were fancy sorcerers, the old Jedi, really. <laughs> they really were. But I mean, I hope that, you know, not only do we get the ancient one, I really hope that, you know, for this 400th issue, there is Wong and Clay. Mm-hmm. I, it'd be really nice to, to see them back together. Yeah. Battling the mindless ones in the dark dimension. I'm really hopeful that we'll see something like Nightmare in there. We'll see something big. We'll see a big bad, a Dormammu, something like that, a big moment for the forwarded issue. You know, it's supposed to be an epic storyline. It's definitely a, um, a lot more pages than we've seen in the normal run of the books. Uh, they have been planning on it for a couple of issues. Uh, the reason, apparently, why Jesus says wasn't involved in all of the run, uh, why Javier Pina took over for him for the two doctors part of it, is because he's been working on his artwork for this 400th issue, it's that big. So uh, there's loads of other things going on in the 400th issue. Some other artists are going to be coming on board to do their covers for it as well. So uh, really excited to see what's going on. But before we get there, we still have to close out this issue, John. Do you defend Doctor Strange number nine, Bleaker, by Mark Wade and Jesus Says? I do defend this issue, but it's certainly not an issue that I was expecting. I wasn't expecting this turn uh, within the series where it became, uh, localized community orientated and, uh, neighborhood watch. <laughs> it, it, it really was kind of an interesting turn. I do defend it and that there's a lot I like about it. Um, and I would give it three wonderful neighborhoods out of five. Um, it's still a defend. And I do like, you know, how Doctor Strange does return to his community. I like seeing him embed into it. And I really do like um, how, you know, it changes the scale of a Doctor Strange story. One from where he is defending Earth from other magical dimensions to one where he is defending his community from evil property developers um but ultimately who are demons (laughs) i did think it was a strange turn i wasn't expecting this if i'm totally honest Uh and i do like the intrigue at the end with the ancient one as well and i think that really does um set this up for the 400th issue which is the next one but it's funny, moving to the 400th issue, you feel like they would have been building scale rather than reducing it down. And so that's why um, I do defend this because I do like it. It's a nice, neat little issue of mm-hmm. Doctor Strange that changes the perspective on how you see Doctor Strange. It's not all about going to different realms, different dimensions. But given that the next issue is the 400th one, it's a surprising choice for me. But I do like the intrigue of bringing the Ancient One into the epilogue of this comic. So I do defend this issue of Doctor Strange. Um, It's an intriguing one in itself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm really, really looking forward to the next issue where we get the 400th issue of a standalone Doctor Strange comic. Mm Mm-hmm. Derek, do you defend this issue of Doctor Strange by Mark Wade and Jesus Sayers? 
Do you know, I really defer to this. Do you know why? Because it's so different for Doctor Strange. It has that confidence that we always talk about that's missing sometimes in comic books. It's missing in TV shows. That confidence of this is issue nine. We know at least we're going to get issue 10 coming up. So let's tell a story. Let's tell something brand new that we've never talked about with Stephen Strange. There must have been that question. It's been speculated about in the movies, for example, where they went, well, why is he on Bleecker Street? Oh, well, it must be because of ley lines. It must be because of some particular magical properties of this particular house is the reason why the house exists there. I love the idea that you have people coming in trying to take control of it. And a great way to do that is, well, let's make everybody sell up and we'll take the house back and we'll find out what it is that he's hiding in within that structure and underneath that particular building. Well, no, it's not that. It's not that at all. It goes right back to the heart of the creation of the character as a New Yorker, not as somebody who lives in San Francisco yeah, yeah. or as an L.A. person or anything like that. If you ever want to know why Stephen Strange lives where he lives and why he's from Greenwich Village. Well, here you go. Here's your comic. That's kind of nice. It's nice to have that. So it's not again, oh, well, why is Stephen Strange the Sorcerer Supreme, the story that's been told a hundred times over? Uh, this is why he lives in his community. And this is what happens when his community need to band together to kind of protect Stephen as well as he protects them. You know, that's kind of cool. I like, I like that they've done that. And also, I will just say the 400 issue that's coming up next month, that's going to be all over the shelves and comic book stores is going to have 400 issue in there. If we tied this issue too much into the 400th issue, if you'd set it up as a big story for the 400th issue, well, you'd expect everybody would have to buy this one to buy the next one. So probably a little bit of Marvel kind of going, well, this is an issue. You tell whatever story you want to. Just make sure it doesn't have to be bought if you're going to sell those 400 issues next month. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That That's true. A little yeah, bit of business. Fair point. Fair point. There you go. But yes, I absolutely defend this. I love fun little stories like this. This is something that would probably not form a huge part of the collection. It's something that's going to be in the back of the Two Doctors collected set when it comes out uh, later on in, uh, in 2019, I'm sure. But it is a standalone story. Completely, You could read it completely separately from everything. And I kind of like that for a change. Excellent. But yes, just quickly with some notes, because we will be back with a quixotic quadricentennial issue uh, with issue number 10 of Doctor Strange, which is his 400th issue, uh, which will be for release or is due for release on the 30th of january 2019 mm. um, i wasn't sure if that's the exact date that it's being released because it seems a lot later since this one came out on the 5th of december it seemed really surprising that the next one was coming out on the 30th of january i wasn't sure whether they just got the date wrong or i'm i can't find the actual date but i think it's the 30th of january so okay well whenever it is it will be january mm -hmm. 2019 at, at least um and the description of this issue is that dr strange will hit his milestone 400th issue with the creative team of Mark Wade and Jesus Sayas, who will be joined by some of the best Doctor Strange artists of all time to tell a monumentally strange tale. Mm -hmm. Sounds exciting. Someone has been working in the background since the first issue, chipping away at Doctor Strange and other magicians, undercutting and depleting their magic, and the other shoe finally drops... Does Strange stand a chance against someone who can take his magic away? 
with the snap of their fingers. Lots of people snap their fingers this year in they Marvel. Do, I don't don't they do, don't they? Is this going to be like old snappy finger face uh, with <laughs> the <awesome>. gems? Yeah. <laughs> snappy finger face. I like that. I don't know whether... The I hell you will. <laughs> I don't know whether I'd call him that to his face. But yes, um, yeah, interesting. I'm just wondering, you know, shadowy figure in the background, manipulating everything going on. Has a bit of a history with Doctor Strange or shares half of his comic book. Will we see Nick Fury returning uh, from the past to uh, to appear in the 400th issue of Doctor Strange? Probably not. I'm never going to get a Nick Fury comic book for these podcasts, am I? You will, you will, you will. As a philosophical lady once said from Craggy Island. Um, look, that actually would be really, really nice that on his 400th issue... Not only do they celebrate Doctor Strange, but they celebrate, um, you know, Nick Fury's uh, alignment on those ley lines through Strange Tales. <laughs> you know, as the uh, as the sort of one half of the Strange Tales when Doctor Strange was sort of uh, introduced mm-hmm. and and taken forward by Marvel. So that would be quite nice. I suspect we probably won't. No. No, I don't. But who knows? Um, yeah. Maybe one of the covers might have Nick on it. Anyway. Who's snapping their fingers? All I can think of is Thanos. Of course. But there is somebody else, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see that in the next issue next month when it comes up. We did mention, obviously, that there are loads of other comic books that came out on the 5th of December. Among those comic books that came out were Hulk, The Best Defense, and Namor, The Best Defense. Why are those important? Because they form part of the five-issue limited series, The Defenders, The Best Defense. The original lineup of The Defenders getting back together, kind of, sort of, over the course of these four issues, including uh, two issues coming out next week. Silver Surfer and Doctor Strange will have their own versions of The Best Defense, all leading up to the final issue of Defenders, The Best Defense. So uh, we will be covering them. We've read the first two. We've written up our notes. When our voices have returned to normal... We recorded this episode, and then we're going to record the other two pieces. So we're going to be discussing Hulk, The Best Defense, and Namor, The Best Defense. Then we're going to add on Silver Surfer, The Best Defense. That is true. And Doctor Strange, The Best Defense. That is true. And then on the 19th of December, when The Defenders, The Best Defense comes out, we're going to record our thoughts on that, pile it all together in a five-issue, five-segment package, and put it out as one podcast for your Christmas listening. Yeah, it is going to be wrapped up like a gift. There's going to be bows. There's going to be sparkly gift wrap paper. I might have run out. (laughs) Um, You know, this will be the lovely, uh, nostalgic look at the original lineup of the Defenders. Yes, so it'll be gift-wrapped for your Christmas listening pleasure. Whenever you want to, you can sit back, relax, in front of the fire with your tipple of choice, even if that be a coffee, and you can listen to Strange Tales on Defenders TV podcast talk about the original lineup of the Defenders. Mm -hmm. And we hopefully will also have a little stocking stuffer for you as Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is coming out in the cinemas. Another comic book character that we cover a little bit. uh, Another character we've covered in our Summer of Spider-Man. At Christmas time this time, we have Into the Spider-Verse coming out in the cinema. So we'll hopefully be talking about that before Christmas. Once Chris, our other host of Defenders TV podcast, is available, uh, we'll have a sit-down and have a chat all about that movie, getting rave reviews. Really looking forward to seeing it. 
even though I only know about five of the Spider-Men, Spider-Women, Spider-People that are involved in this movie, and there's about 6,000 by the looks of the trailers. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. Really interested to see. Thank you so much, fellow Defenders and the Supremes, for joining us for this episode of Strange Tales. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast, Strange Tales on Defenders TV Podcast. You can get that feed on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, and on Google Podcasts. And if you want to subscribe to the full podcast, which includes every TV show, every movie, and all of our comic book coverage, you can subscribe to that on Defenders TV Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you so much, fellow Defenders and the Supremes. Uh, for joining us for this issue of Doctor Strange. I really hope nobody minds us calling you the Supremes. Tell us if you like the, the word the Supremes. I like it. I think it's good fun. Yeah, I think so. Or we can call you the Sorcerers or Fellow Sorcerers. Mm-hmm. We won't be calling you Hoary Hosts, I promise. No, we're the Hoary Hosts. <laughs> Remember, fellow Defenders and the Supremes, you can be whoever you want to be. Um, it has, has always been a pleasure speaking with you. I'm off to go and tell an estate agent to go and run and jump because this house ain't for selling. But when we're back, we'll be here for the best defense. Bye.